I'm reading from I'm reading from 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 12 through 16 Beloved do not think think it strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you but Rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evil doer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. Church, I want you to take about 30 seconds and just go around the room and just Hug on somebody, tell them that you're glad to see them, and just give them a firm handshake, a tender hug, and a kiss if possible. But let it be a holy kiss, all right? Let it be.
seats at this time. I, the story is told of a man who was traveling and his companion was a donkey he had for a very long time. And in the process of their traveling, in the process of their journeying, they, they became, he became particularly thirsty and uh, they had, for whatever reason, ran out of, of water and he saw a well uh, just a little ways off and so he decided to make his way to that particular well but upon coming up to the well he what he didn't realize what was that the ground around the well was was given way and so the donkey started to make its well as uh, make its way to the well to the, uh, the the sinkhole that was present and uh, sadly the donkey fell in and try as he may, try as he may, he just wasn't able to get the donkey out. And so uh, to be merciful unto the donkey, he decided that, you know what, if, if this animal were to die in this well and people were to come afterward and drink this water, this water would, would be poisonous. And so he decided within himself he was going to start to try as best as he could to just cover up the donkey. He was going to take dirt and just throw it over into the well. And so he started just, just, just digging dirt, digging dirt and throwing it in, throwing it in, throwing it in. And, and after a few minutes, he, what he thought should have been happening was that the dirt should have been coming up more and more uh, eventually to cover the donkey. But he, he soon realized something that the more dirt he poured into this well or into this hole, the donkey got a little bit closer to, to the top. And so he feverishly now started to dig more and more and throw more and more dirt into the well and the more dirt he threw into the well the donkey would just shake it off and step on top of the dirt and he would dig a little bit more and the donkey would shake it off and step on top of the dirt and he would dig a little bit more and the donkey would just shake it off and step on top of the dirt until eventually the donkey was able to make it out. I've entitled my brief exhortation this morning, if we shake it, we could make it. If we shake it, we could make it. If you don't mind, just for a few minutes, allow me to talk on, on this topic. I, I really read from the book of 1 Peter chapter number 4, verses 12 through 16, where, where Peter talks about the fact that as a Christian, we will endure difficulty, we will go through hardship. But he wants them to know that you could suffer either as a Christian for the cause of Christ or you could suffer due to your own devices. But one of the things that, 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 that Peter affords us to know and one of the things that scripture is really clear on, it doesn't matter whether you are a Christian or, or not. And I need for every single person, just, just lend me their air on this. It does not matter whether you are a Christian or not. Every single human being will go through hardship. All of us will go through seasons of difficulty, trial, and distress. For whatever reason, sometimes people are deluded in thinking that when they accept Jesus Christ into their lives, that everything is, 
is going to be okay to the extent that whatever trouble was in their life will no longer be in it. For some reason, we, we, we still have people today that preach and that teach that if you are truly a follower of Christ, that trouble ought not to follow you because you ought to have the power to speak trouble out of your life. But church, I want to, to share and, and I want to voice at least and, and echo the sentiments of scripture to help us to recognize that each of us, male and female, each of us, Christian and non-Christian, each of us, young and all, all of us will go through hardship. And so as I think about this reality, I want us to appreciate that as we, as we learn to navigate hardship, there are some things I believe that we need to stick in our minds to keep there for the times when we go through those periods of difficulty. Last week when we spoke, we spoke about the fact that God doesn't forsake us, but rather he, he affords us the opportunity at times to go through things so that we could get a clearer picture as to who he is and who we are. And so trouble isn't meant, if we understand the purpose of trouble, trouble isn't meant in the face of God to deter us from following God. Trouble is really meant to bring us closer in relationship to God. If anything, trouble would help us to recognize that we can't live this life by ourselves. If anything, trouble will help us to see that we don't have the strength or the capacity necessary to make it through. We need something and someone that's greater than ourselves. So it must become clear that each and every single one of us at some given point in our lives will go through times of trouble, tribulation, and distress. But I want us to appreciate that in as much as we will all face trials and adversity, there, there are some vital things, or at least one vital thing that we must keep in mind that we ought to have, and that is endurance. Endurance, according to Divine's Expository Dictionary, just allow me to do this really briefly. Uh, 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 endurance or the ability to endure really simply means to abide under or to bear courageously under excessive stress, strain, and weight. You think about uh, the, the word endure, it, 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 it means that yes, we, we are under an extended uh, weight for a particular period of time, but endurance is your ability to bear under that stress and carry the load and carry the weight. And so endurance becomes so vital and so important to the child of God. Many times when we see the word endurance in scripture, it is actually translated as patient. And so when you think about endurance, it's us having the ability to patiently wait on God. It's patiently uh, abide under the stress and the strain of life while God does what God does in our lives. And so I need for us to see as we look at this text really quickly, I want us to appreciate that if we have to make it in this life, if we have to make it in this Christian journey, we, we need endurance. You and I need patience. But what I've come to realize in my own life, if I'm being honest with you, is that endurance works when it's, when it's a short suffering period. 
If I was only suffering for a moment or for a day, that would be fine. If I was only suffering for a week, that would be fine. But when the suffering is going on now for months and when the suffering is going on now for years, that's when we more than likely have difficulty coping with the reality of endurance and patience. But God says, I'm there for you. God says, I am with you and I've given you everything that you need to cope and to make it through. So I need first to appreciate that endurance is absolutely necessary and essential to our walk with Christ, our walk with God, and this journey of faith that you and I are a part of. Church, there are two things I want us to see really quickly as we think about what the people of God, what you and I need in order to make it. Number one, I need for us to see that we need to have the ability to endure wrongful suffering. Number one, we need to be, have the ability to endure wrongful suffering. In 1 Peter chapter number 2, verses 19 and 20, here is what Peter writes. He says, for this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure. And I want you to note this word and, uh, and, and pay, pay close attention to it. He says, uh, towards, towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when you are buffeted or if when you are brought to blows for your falls, you take it patiently? But if when you do well, you suffer for it, you, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. In other words, when, when you are going through suffering because of something that you did and, and suffering or, or, or consequences came as a result of it, that's not, the type, that's not the time God is saying you need to endure it patiently because guess what? If you disobey, if you're a, if you're a child and, and your parent says don't do such and such, uh, my grandmother would, would oftentimes leave some instructions and she was the disciplinarian in my household growing up. It wasn't my granddad. My granddad would make me get away with murder. My, my, my grandmother was the disciplinarian. So when she said, you needed to be, I needed to be in the house by a certain time, I needed to be in the house by a certain time, and if you weren't in the house by a certain time, there were consequences. It might come across as abusive, but there were consequences. The consequence, when I was growing up, wasn't just time out. You had time out once, you had time out twice, but if after the second time of time out, you're just not listening, the consequence was spare the rod and you're going to spoil the child. So she didn't spare the rod. And so if I came into the house after a certain time, hear me and hear me well, if I came into the house after a certain time, I was disobedient to her will, I was disobedient to her command, I was disobedient to what she said, and as a result, I had to endure some good consequences. But what, Jesus, what, 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 Paul, what Peter sorry, is saying here is in an instance like that, when you have to endure suffering and when you have to go through pain because of some form of disobedience, active disobedience, that's different. Those are consequences for a command that you would have broken. But when you, have, when you are going through hardship because of something that is out of your control, when you are going through hardship because of something that you did not do, when, when you are going through difficulty because of the circumstances of life or even because of somebody's envy and somebody's jealousy and some, you know how that goes. 
Some of us here have been in, 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 in workplaces and workspaces where you're trying to do your best and you're just trying to be a good employee based on the fact that you are a Christian. And the harder you work, the boss sees and you have some other, some other folks that's in the company or in that organization. They, they're not trying to work as hard. As a matter of fact, they might be trying to do the bare minimum while getting maximum pay. But because you are the one that's being elevated, trying to, to be faithful, trying to be hardworking, trying to be diligent, all of a sudden now your co-workers start to give you a hard time. How many kids, you're, you're in school and you're trying to do the right thing, you, you, you run in a circle, you run in a certain circle and everybody else in the circle is, is trying to live and trying to do certain things and, and you're trying to live up to this Christian, these Christian values, you're trying to live up to what you believe concerning scripture, you're trying to set the standard and the bar high only to hear people who you consider to be friends tell you, you, you you're, you're holier than thou. Or how many of us have had family that, that when it is you, 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 you became saved and when it is you started to follow Jesus Christ, you, you, you had family that still continue to live how you used to live, but now you're trying to live a little bit differently. Now you're trying to raise your kids a little bit differently and now the family takes a turn at you. Suffering doesn't only happen when it is we, we break commands and when it is we go contrary to to God's will and his way, sometimes suffering comes as a result of us standing up for truth. Do you know sometimes that when you stand for truth, you get called names? Do you know that when you stand for truth, people look at you and call you a bigot? Do you know that when you stand for truth, people use all type of hate speech towards you? When, when you and I stand on truth, even brethren will, will kind of ostracize us. So suffering, he wants us to know here, as we, we go through times of difficulty, hardship, and trial, it's, it's the ability to endure, but we need to appreciate that we need to endure even at times when we are suffering wrongfully. I've talked to so many individuals these past few months that They've struggled to, uh, to, to really understand the season of life that they are in. Uh, what did I do to deserve this is, is oftentimes the question that is posed by, by almost every single person I've, I've talked to. Did I do something wrong that God is punishing me? And, and we, we tend to have this belief that when it is we are going through times of difficulty, it must mean that we did something to allow God's wrath to be upon us. But church, I want us to understand that sometimes when we go through our distresses and sometimes when we go through the times of hardship, it's not God punishing us for something that we did wrong, but it might be the world responding to something that you and I are doing right. So when we think about the word grief, grief in this passage, I want us to appreciate something really quick before we move on. Physically, we can do nothing about the positions we end up in, but we still have to deal with the emotional and mental state of mind. So sometimes as we think about dealing with suffering, oftentimes we might have the capacity to somewhat deal with the external circumstances, but where we really struggle is the emotional and mental effects of what we face and what we go through while we're going through the physical distress. 
So we need to learn to endure. Why? Because we need to learn to endure when we're going through times of wrongful suffering. It's amazing. In Acts chapter 16, when, when Paul and Silas has been thrown into a Philippian jail, the scripture says at midnight, this is from about verse number 25 now of Acts chapter number 16, when Paul and Silas was thrown into a Philippian jail, the scripture says at midnight, they began singing, praying, and praising God. And what's, what's, what, what I appreciate about that text, as we think about just the hashtag, if we shake it, we can make it, I want us to appreciate that, that there are times in our lives where there are things that we can't shake off, and it's going to take God to do that. Here is Paul and Silas, and they're in, this, they're, in, they're, they're in this Philippian jail, and they could do nothing of themselves to get out. They, they are shackled up and shackled and tied down. They are down in a dungeon. They are down in the depths. They are down in a pit, and they are, they are in a stock, and they are chained to the wall, chained to a bench. They are locked up, locked down, as we say, and locked away. And rather than fall prey to the, the mental and emotional stresses that the average human being, maybe even them too, might have had running through their thoughts and their minds, their response wasn't to give in to the suffering and the pain. Their response was to begin to worship. So the scripture says at midnight, they began singing and praying and praising God. And no sooner did they begin singing, praying, and praising God? Did we understood that the, the, the prison would have shaked and uh, the doors flew open and their shackles fell off? And I think it's a good indicative sign that when it is we are going through our mental distress and our emotional distress and our physical distress, an appropriate response to suffering, church, is worship. But oftentimes, the contrary is true in our lives, if we're being honest with ourselves. How, how many people don't, don't feel like coming to church when they're, they're having marital issues? How many people don't feel like praying to God when they're having personal issues? How many people don't feel like singing to God when we're going through our, our several issues? The truth is, sometimes the adverse happens when we're going through difficulty. We don't have the wherewithal even to give God worship and give God praise. Could I say this, church, before I move on to my second point really quickly? we need to understand that worship if you were to if God were to do with us what he did for, for prophets like, like, like Ezekiel and, uh, and, and even John the Revelator if God were to give us these, these Holy Ghost filled eyes to see what's taking place behind the scene when we come to worship or when we praise God or when we're worshiping whether at home in the car or on the job or in the school. If God would give us the Holy Ghost filled eyes to, to peel back what is happening and see what's taking place, we, we would probably run because it's a war that's taking place. We come to worship and we come to, to this place and this time and this moment and we, we, we dress up nice and we smell good and, and, and we, we, we want to sound nice and all that kind of stuff. But I need for us to understand when we come here, yes, we're coming to give God praise. But in the midst of all of that, behind the scenes of all that, there is a war that's taking place. It's a war for your soul. It's a war for my soul. It's a war for your soul. It's a war for soul there there's a war that's taking place there's a war that's raging between divine entities and between evil entities there's a war that's raging right now right here in this place but worship 
It's how we respond. Worship is our weapon in this warfare. And too many times, too many times, we, we try to find other means of fighting our fights. Too many times we try to find other means of fighting our battles. Too many times we try to find other means to deal with our suffering. But oftentimes we recognize here that the very first response probably needs to be worship. So at midnight, they began singing, praying, and praising God. And no sooner did they praise God, no sooner did they worship God. The scripture tells us that God did for them what they could not have done for themselves. The shackles fell off. I promise us sometimes that if we're honest with ourselves, when sometimes we come to worship and we didn't feel to worship, sometimes we come to worship and we feel flustered, sometimes we come to worship and we felt frustrated, sometimes we come to worship, we felt demotivated, but we, we came and, and we gave God, we came and we, we worshiped God, and in the process of worshiping God, we felt the frustration fall off, we, we felt the hatred fall off, we, we felt some of these, neg these negative things fall off. Why is that? Because worship does something to us, in us, and through us. So if we only appreciate what worship is, we, we would recognize that we, we aren't just here to, to, to simply do the necessary things, but I need for us to understand this, and we'll move on really quick. I need for us to see this, that in as much as God has the power, in as much as God is the deliverer, in as much as God is the one who gives us our salvation, we have to participate in his purpose. So it was because, yes, of God's power, but notice they sang, they prayed, and they praised. God's power was always was there even before they went to the prison, but notice they sang, they prayed, and they praised, and as a result, God's power was activated. So let me do this really quick. So not only, not only do we recognize that uh, as we think about shaking it and making it, there are times when we can't do anything for ourselves and God has to be the one to shake off the shackles, but we must put our hope, our trust, and our confidence in the God that is able to deliver us. Well, let me wrap this up now really quick. But I want us to see not only does God shake off shackles, but there are times when we have to shake off some shackles for ourselves. Not, not every single time God is expected to work things out for us. Sometimes we need to shake stuff off for ourselves. In Acts chapter 28, Paul and, and those who were traveling with him, they had just been shipwrecked and they, they make their way into this, in, onto this little island. And, and while they were there, they, they gathered some sticks together and they start this little fire. And while they are warming themselves up, there are some barbarians that are around. And, and as Paul is, is around there in, on the, by the fire, he, he starts to stoke the fire. And while he is doing that, here comes a serpent, here comes a viper, and it attaches itself to Paul's hand. And these barbarians and these, 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 these natives, they are looking to, to see that he falls dead, but he doesn't fall dead. And the scripture tells you if, you, if you read the text, this is Acts chapter 28, verses 1 through 6. If you read the text, the scripture says in verse number 5 that Paul shook the serpent off. There are times when God has to step in and do for, do for us what we can't do for ourselves, but there are times he calls for us to do for ourselves what we could do for ourselves. 
God isn't going to come and switch the TV off if you have a problem watching pornography. God isn't going to come and slap the phone out of your hand if you have a problem with that. It might mean you either have to not have a phone that has internet or you have to make sure you have accountability partners. That's you shaking it off with the strength and the power God has given you. It may not be that God has the ability to, 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 to make the alcohol that, that, that you're struggling with or the drugs that you are struggling with do something in you. It, it may mean that, that you have to take the first step in going and get counseling. The point I'm trying to make is this. Don't, don't think that everything that we are going through, that God is going to be the, the, the one to ultimately take it out of our lives. There are times when we are going to have to do things for ourselves. Well, God, I'm in this poor relationship. Well, I'm telling you, you either work along with it or you're going to have to make a, take a step and make a stand. God, my, 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 my life isn't going the way that it, it is supposed to. Yes, you're praying to God, but you might have to end up doing something that, 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 that you, you take a step for yourself on faith. So church, I want us to appreciate this as we think about the reality of the life that we are living in. God, God is going to do what God is always going to do. God is always our help. But we're going to have to step on faith. And knowing that there are times when we have to shake things off for ourselves. We're going to have to step away from that poor relationship. We're going to have to step away from this circle that influences us. We're going to have to stop watching what we're watching and doing what we're doing. We're going to have to watch what we say and the mentality. We are going to have to do that for ourselves. But I want to employ us, implore us. I believe if we shake it, the truth is, we can make it. Church, could we stand? Bow with me as we go to God and pray.